Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Nectar, Sex, and Soul. I'm your host, Soraya Leonora, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach. This is a chance for us to get intimate, to reach far into the mystical, magical, erotic, tender, inspiring, vital, primordial depths of what it is to be human, what it is to express and inhabit these amazing bodies fully, and what it is to make love to the divine in everything we do. We'll be penetrating deeply into the nectar of what it is to be alive and turned on by life, how to transmute pain and hardship into pleasure and medicine, how to embody the union of polarities, including sex and spirit, and how to love every piece of ourselves wholeheartedly. This is a space where we don't just talk about the act of sex, but rather how sexual energy permeates every area of our lives as the seed of creation and the source from which we all came. Exploring sexuality in this way not only takes our sex lives to the next level, but is a catalyst for a life that turns us on in each and every moment, not just in the bedroom. Within you stirs a sexual vitality that is capable of so much more than you could possibly imagine. This is what we explore on Nectar, Sex, and Soul. Thanks for coming to play. Hello everyone, welcome back to Nectar, Sex, and Soul. I'm your host, Surya Leonora, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you today. It's been a minute since I've done a solo episode, and today I'm really excited to explore what it means to heal from the root for lasting results. So there are all kinds of healing modalities out there, some of them that work better than others. There's no one-size-fits-all approach. I think different things work really well for different people. But the way that I like to look at healing things from the root is if you pull a weed and you don't get it by the root, it's going to come back, right? It's just going to keep growing back. And so you're doing all this work to pull this weed. But if you're not getting it from the very base of the root, it's going to continue to take up space in your garden. And you're going to continue spending a lot of time and energy trying to weed it. Another example of this is the tendency that we see in our society to treat things symptomatically rather than addressing the root. So I've been on my own healing journey for over half my life working through chronic illness and I have found that any allopathic doctor that I've gone to, and this is not to say that there aren't any Western medicine doctors who look at the system as a whole, but typically they do not. And so any allopathic doctor that I've gone to has been trying to treat symptoms. And when you stuff down one symptom, it kind of becomes like a -a whack-a-mole game where then another symptom pops up and you have to treat that. And maybe the medications that they're putting you on can cause new symptoms to arise And it just becomes this whole mess, this whole knot to untangle. When you get to the root cause, you can resolve the entire system of dis-ease. A symptom is just your body's way of communicating with you that something is off, that something is out of balance that needs to be addressed. This is our body's way of talking. So we look at the symptom as the thing that's wrong, but that's actually your body's way of communicating that there's something deeper underlying. There's something in your life, in your diet, in your body, something that is out of balance. So I'm always digging for the why. What is at the root of this and how 
do we heal it from the root? And this can feel really inconvenient. Um, A lot of people want to say, just give me a magic pill and let's make it go away. But that's not going to resolve the root and eventually that root issue will flare up and create other problems down the road. So for example, my dad was having an issue with kidney stones and I started talking with him, hey, let's unpack this. Let's see what's at the root here. Is it something in your diet? Are you getting too many oxalates? You know, what's what's causing these kidney stones in your body? And he said, oh no, you know what it was is that the dosage of my kidney medication was too low. So my doctor just increased it and we're all good now. Everything's fine. <sighs> so, you know, we have to be willing to look for the root. It has to be something that we want to investigate. We can't force anyone to. And ultimately, not addressing the root and just stuffing down those symptoms with the pill is probably going to create more symptoms. You know, there's a reason that my dad needed that kidney medication in the first place that was going unaddressed. And because it was going unaddressed, it continued to flare up as kidney stones. And There are all kinds of things you can do to address the root of it. And often it is something to do with the diet. You know, some things absolutely are genetic. But if we're not looking at the root, we're actually creating a lot more work for our body. We are stuffing down its communication. And we're probably going to have to deal with long-term effects associated with ignoring what is actually underlying all these symptoms that the body is trying to communicate to us through. So in a lot of situations, we're not really trying to get rid of something, but rather integrate it. Everything has its rightful place. So actually, a lot of the weeds that we get frustrated with in our gardens are highly medicinal, like dandelion. Dandelion serves many amazing purposes, but we don't want it taking over our whole garden. So we need to put it in its right place. We need to be in right relationship with it in a way that it's not taking over the whole garden. When it comes to some sort of trauma or shadow within ourselves, we're not trying to banish it. We're not trying to outcast it. We want to bring it in and give it a seat at the table. And until we do that, it's often going to be running the show from behind the scenes. So I'm going to talk about why that happens in today's episode and how we can resolve that. So the problem with a lot of healing and therapeutic modalities is that they are working from only the conscious mind, the cerebral realm, and they're not getting down to the unconscious and embodied level, which is where these unconscious habits and patterns live. Any of these deeply rooted issues that are running the show from behind the scenes are rooted in our unconscious mind and in our body. So I'm going to unpack a little bit about how the conscious mind and the unconscious mind work. So the conscious mind is the parts of ourselves that we're aware of, and it's kind of just like the tip of the iceberg, and underneath we have the unconscious mind, and the unconscious mind and the body are kind of one and the same. We can use the body as a map to the unconscious mind, and the body stores all the memories that the unconscious mind cannot remember. So we may think that a certain blockage or belief system that we have is rooted in a particular trauma that maybe we remember, or we might have no idea where it comes from, or we might be totally unaware that this pattern is even playing out within us. It might be something that other people see within us that we can't see within ourselves. And sometimes the root 
of that trauma could be something that the mind does not remember at all. It could have even happened before our conscious mind and our memory were fully developed when we were little kids and we didn't have the same sense of self and rationality that we have now. But the body carries the imprint of that negative experience and sometimes the experience that's actually at the root of it is not nearly as traumatic as some of the other memories we have that have stemmed from that same initial trauma or experience that imprinted us with this pattern and the memories that we consciously remember are often those that have continued to stem from this pattern so when we experience a trauma it will imprint us with a pattern that continues to arise and present as a similar energy to that trauma because it's coming up to be healed. So let's say you have a fear of messing up and being judged for it. And maybe you have all kinds of memories of when that happened, and some of them might be very traumatic, some of them might have just been very uncomfortable or painful, and perhaps the memory that actually started that was something seemingly trivial now from the perspective of your adult conscious mind like maybe you dropped your ice cream cone on the ground when you were a year and a half old and somebody got annoyed with you or laughed at you or pointed at you and made fun of you or gave you some sort of look of disgust or frustration or whatever at that time you did not have the rational mind and the sense of self to unpack that that doesn't actually make you a bad person that you didn't do anything terribly wrong but at the time it probably felt like a big deal your ice cream cone is now on the ground you're getting this look this kind of feedback from somebody around you that doesn't feel good in the body and so you end up internalizing it and you start to worry that if you mess something up you're going to be judged or made fun of or ridiculed and that pattern continues to arise within your life through different circumstances so that it can continue coming up to be healed. So sometimes we don't remember what the root is and sometimes we do, but the body always remembers. There is an amazing book called The Body Keeps the Score. I can't remember the author's name right now, but it's a great book on trauma that speaks in much more detail to how the body remembers everything. So it can be really helpful to go back to the past through the window of the body as a window to the unconscious mind. So rather than just talking about, you know, what happened in your childhood that you think contributed to this pattern, we can actually work with the body as a map, as a doorway that is holding all of these stored imprints and stuck energy and we can release them from the body and unconscious level so that they can be integrated back into our being and stop running the show from behind the scenes. So another important thing to understand about the conscious and unconscious mind is that for every conscious desire, there is an equal and opposite unconscious desire. So while we may think I want to have a healthy relationship, there could be all kinds of unconscious reasons that we are trying to sabotage having that healthy relationship. And our nervous system may not be equipped to hold the energy of that healthy relationship. We might not have the capacity to really be with something that feels so good, especially if we are comfortable and familiar with 
having a situation where we feel used, abused, unlovable, unworthy, whatever these patterns are that we've had for a long time, they can feel like this comfort cloak that we're actually unconsciously attached to without realizing it. So I'm a huge fan of Carl Jung's breakdown of the unconscious and the shadow and all of this. And one of my favorite quotes by him is, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. And he also says that one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. So we have to lean in to these unconscious patterns that are running the show from behind the scenes in order to unify our will, in order to make the unconscious conscious and be able to choose what we are creating with our conscious mind without the unconscious mind hijacking it. So, for example, your conscious mind might think that it wants a healthy relationship, but your unconscious mind might feel unlovable, might have a fear of getting your heart broken, might be afraid of letting go of the drama of not being able to have the kind of love that you want, might be afraid of losing the love once you finally find it. There could be so many things going on in the unconscious that are hijacking your conscious desire to have a relationship. So when we start digging into this and we reveal what's going on here underneath, we can start to play a more conscious role in what we are creating in our lives because we're always creating and oftentimes we're creating from our unconscious belief systems and patterns without realizing we're doing it. So one of the ways that we access these unconscious patterns is through learning the somatic language of the body. Like I said, working with the body as a map to those unconscious blockages because the body remembers all of it. And then we work with rewiring these patterns, which requires breath, embodiment practices, working with our emotions, with our five senses. We need to work with the things that the body can feel so that we are dropping down below the conscious mind and into the conscious mind. And our emotions are energy in motion and they carry incredible messages for us. So we can learn how to tune in with an emotion and then drop in deeper to ask the body what that's here to tell us. And we can start to unpack these sensations that we might feel. So maybe we have anxiety or tension that comes up in a certain part of our life. We can start to receive the wisdom from the body. What is it trying to communicate with us? And then rewire our habitual way of relating to that situation. So our mind, our conscious mind, is often making all kinds of meaning about what that sensation means. We might feel that pit in the stomach from anxiety and think, oh, something bad is going to happen. But maybe that pit in the stomach and the anxiety we feel is related to a past pattern. And as we go back and address that and figure out what it's trying to communicate and what the need is underneath that sensation, we can take a more conscious, empowered approach to how we navigate that sensation. Instead of letting it spin us out into anxiety, we can create a conscious response instead of an unconscious reaction. 
And really, what we are doing here is peeling back the false layers of self that stand in the way of us being able to connect with the truth of who we are. So nobody comes out of the womb being embarrassed about what their body looks like or being afraid of being judged or being ashamed of their sexuality. These are learned behaviors that happen through other people projecting their belief systems onto us or through having different painful, uncomfortable experiences and traumas like we were just talking about. So at our core, we are love and we have sexual vitality moving through us and As we move through life, these different experiences, which we could label as negative, but really everything is is part of our story and serving some sort of purpose, and all of these can be beautiful opportunities for us to find ourselves again. And they can be reasons for us to dig deeper and to uncover the breadcrumbs back home to our truest selves. So I don't even really want to label them as negative necessarily. But essentially, as we rewire these patterns on the unconscious level, we are coming back home to our truest essence underneath all of these imprints. So one of the ways that we do this is that the body doesn't know the difference between what's going on in here within our internal world, within our mind's eye, and out there in what we may call reality, this external world. And there are a few examples of this. So your body can respond to something that's going on internally within your mind that is not actually happening. So anxiety is a great example of this. You might be feeling anxiety around something that is not actually happening in the present moment that you're worried about happening in the future. Or let's say you have an arousing thought and you get an erection or you get wet or you're body gets warm and you respond to that thought. Or let's say you think of your favorite food and you start to salivate or your stomach grumbles. Or even let's say when you're watching a movie, maybe it's a scary movie and there's this point of tension and you might notice that you're sweating or that you're gripping your seat or you're on the edge of your seat. Your body is responding as if you were there in that story but you're not actually there. It's just happening within your mind's eye. So we can work with this concept to reprogram the unconscious mind and the body and to create new neural pathways. And we do this through embodied repetition. So we could have a somatic journey or an experience where we get to the root, we rewire that programming that has been deeply seated for a long time, but we have to continue to deepen that neural pathway through embodied repetition. So working with our emotional body, our physical body, we can't just do this in the conscious mind. And by feeling something with our senses, with our emotions, with our body, That's how we get deeper onto the unconscious level and really seed this new pathway. And so essentially what happens is we create a new healthy habit or pattern that we want to instill and carve into that new neural pathway that we are driving deeper. And for a while, we have to really make the conscious choice to do that and to work with our body, our emotion, our five senses to drive that pattern deeper. But eventually the old pathway will be rendered obsolete. So you can think about it like 
the energy is going to flow where there's the path of least resistance. And if you've carved this nice new pattern within your system that you've practiced over and over and over again, then eventually it becomes second nature and you don't keep looping down that old pathway. So repetition is a hugely important piece of this because... Repetition supports myelination, and myelination is the increase of fatty sheath surrounding neuronal processes and fibers that increases the efficiency and spread of electrical transmission through neural networks. So this process increases learning potential as well as memory. And when new signals fire repeatedly along axons, connections between neurons strengthen making them easier to fire in the same pattern in the future. And the myelin sheath grows faster if you practice daily. So this applies to anything, whether we are working with rewiring a pattern within ourselves or learning a new instrument or learning a new movement form or learning a language. More frequent practice for, let's say, 30 minutes a day is better than rare practice a couple times a week for an hour. So if you can practice every day or even five days a week and then eventually move to every other day, you're going to create a stronger myelinated sheath and you're going to strengthen and expedite that process of muscle memory. Another way that we can reach the unconscious through the body and reprogram things from the root is through orgasmic states. We are in a highly programmable state when we are in an ecstatic, orgasmic, sexually aroused state. And this can happen for better or worse, right? So I think most people have had a painful sexual experience that really imprinted them in a negative way that has created some sort of blockage of flow of energy or shutdown or anxiety that continues to self-perpetuate. So this could be a sexual trauma. It could be something like maybe you came too soon and you were embarrassed or your lover was upset with you for it. Or perhaps you had any other experience where you felt inadequate or judged or violated in any way. All of these kinds of experiences can imprint us negatively, especially if we were in a place where there was a lot of sexual energy flowing, and especially if we were in an orgasmic state. So if you were, let's say, in the process of coming and your partner is in that moment getting mad at you or telling you not to come or you feel their frustration, that is going to imprint you on a much deeper level. It's making its way into the unconscious and into the body. And that can continue to self-perpetuate a pattern of anxiety and continuing to come sooner than you would like because you have that fear of it happening again. But we can also use this in a positive way to create transformation intentionally. So we can also imprint ourselves with positive affirmations and beautiful healing thoughts that in the same way as the negative experiences can reach down to that deeper embodied level. So one of the reasons that affirmations often don't really work is because they're not getting to the unconscious mind. They're just operating within the conscious realm. And so they don't get to that deeper level. When we are in this sexually open orgasmic space, we get to plant those seeds much deeper. 
and they're going to have a much more impactful effect. So I work with these tools to help people rewire all kinds of patterning they have, whether that's connected to their sexuality, how they express their emotions, how they communicate, how they relate to their sense of self-worth, empowerment, self-love, purpose, relationship with money. This work can truly touch every area of our life. And I work with all kinds of people, regardless of their relationship status, their age, their sexual orientation, in a holistic, multifaceted way that touches on all these different areas of life and weaves them together because truly they cannot be separated. So issues that we're having in the bedroom cannot be isolated to the bedroom. They are always connected to some other part of our lives. And I talked about this a lot in my episode about sexual dysfunctions as a mirror and messenger. So that's a great episode to go listen to if you haven't heard that one already. And so even though I call this holistic sex and relationship coaching, it really does reach into every area of your life. And as we start working with one area, you'll see it ripple out to other areas of your life in really profound ways. And because we're working on a deeply embodied, somatic, unconscious level, we have these long-lasting results that create profound shifts. So I have had multiple clients express things after a session like, wow, this was more potent, this was more impactful, this was more profound than a decade of therapy or than an ayahuasca ceremony. They've been blown away by how much can be accomplished in one session because we're getting right to the root and we're integrating that on a cellular level. And integration is key for making sure that the effects of our work together really stick. So you could go to a guitar class and practice while you're in that session. But if you don't practice at home, you're not going to integrate what you learned. It's the same thing with this work. I always offer practices to continue integrating what we do in our time together and that's the real nectar how you repattern your life is directly connected to are you folding these practices in and working with this intentionally and consistently to carve those new neural pathways for long-lasting results and my goal is always to offer my clients plenty of practical tools so that they are empowered to continue working with what they've learned with me beyond our time together. I really see our time together as being the beginning of a journey that will be continued long after we're done working together. And you really have those tools to put in your own toolbox that you can continue working with time and time again as needed. But again, a lot of this stuff starts to become much more second nature the more you work with it. So I work with all kinds of practices with my clients like breath work, lots of different embodiment practices, meditation, parts work, which is essentially where we are breaking down the different parts of ourselves and how they interrelate to make up the whole of who we are. I work with polarity practices through the tantric and Taoist lens, as well as a lot of tantric and Taoist philosophy. And I work with sacred sexuality practices as well. I also work with a lot of people around people-pleasing tendencies and cultivating healthy boundaries and embodying your authentic expression because that's something so many people have become afraid to do or they've lost touch with how to express from their authentic core. 
And another thing that I weave into my work that is really unique, that I really, really enjoy because it has had such a powerful impact in my own life. And this is something that I will do an episode on soon and go into more detail around. But it's definitely something that you're going to be hearing me weave into my work more and and talk more openly about because it's been so impactful in my own life and in the lives of my clients is human design. So some of you may be familiar with human design. Some of you may not be. Human design is a cutting edge personality assessment tool that helps you understand how your unique energy mechanics work and how to best optimize them to come into deeper alignment in your sense of purpose, relationships, work, health, your impact on the world, and truly so many different areas of life. And it's a synthesis of Eastern and Western astrology, the Hindu chakra system, the Judaic Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching, and quantum physics. It's an incredibly beautiful and complex and accurate system. And each person has a unique chart that helps me to even more personally tailor our work to each individual. Because the work I do is not at all a one-size-fits-all approach. And so with each client, we are co-creating the journey of working together and it's completely personally tailored to your needs and desires and the way that you work as an individual. And I've found human design to be a profoundly helpful tool in increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of getting to the root and offering insight that applies to you as an individual rather than what worked for me or what worked for another client. It's very specifically personally tailored. And this is also an incredible system to look at relationship compatibility and help couples and families dial in more aligned ways of relating with each other that allow each person to feel really seen and understood and to learn the language of the people that we love because we all have a different way of expressing. We have different ways of giving and receiving love. We have different ways that we do things in the world. And so not everybody does want to be treated in the way that we want to be treated. There's that golden rule of treat others the way you want to be treated. But the platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated. And so something that might mean a lot to you might not mean a lot to somebody else. And just because they don't express love in that way doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean they were careless. It just means they have a different way of expressing love. And so if we understand how the people in our lives work as individuals, we have this personalized roadmap as to how to show up to best love them and help them to feel seen, heard, and loved in the ways that really matter to them. So if anything that we've talked about today or really in the entirety of my whole podcast has piqued your interest, I have a really awesome upcoming opportunity to dive deeper into this work for free. I'm going to be offering a free event in the coming weeks and I'm also going to be offering a la carte human design readings and to start those will be at a very discounted rate. So if you want to be the first to know about the upcoming free event where we get to dive a lot deeper into what I've been talking about through the entirety of this podcast and if you want to be one of the first people who has access to those limited a la carte human design readings at a discounted rate, go ahead and pop your details into the link below. Sign up for my email list and you'll be the first to know when all of this is happening. Space is going to be limited for that free event 
and I'm only going to be offering a limited amount of a la carte readings and the first ones will be at a very discounted rate. So definitely stay in touch. You can follow the link below to stay in the loop and I'm really excited to dive deeper with you all. As always, one of the biggest ways that you can show your gratitude if you appreciate this podcast is to share it with someone you love and please leave a rating or review. It really helps spread the word and is a really beautiful way to reciprocate. I hope today's episode resonated with you. I hope it supports you on your journey and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a beautiful day. Ciao. Thank you so much for dropping into Nectar, Sex, and Soul with me today. It's been a pleasure to connect with you. If this episode lit you up or illuminated something impactful for you in some way, I invite you to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with someone you feel would love to hear it. To learn more about my work, check out SoreyaLeonara.com, sign up for my newsletter, and follow me on Instagram and YouTube, where I share tons of free content, special offers, and ensure you're the first to know about my new offerings. I offer private coaching as well as courses, workshops, and retreats, so be sure to stay in touch if you'd like to go deeper together. Thank you, loves. Have a gorgeous day. Ciao.